When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn the Jets Live. I'm your host, Steven Zantz, joined by my co-host, Steven Russo. Russo, I heard it in your voice. It was just a man who felt deflated. How you feeling after that game, man? It was a tough one, I got to say. I'm okay. I mean, every season uh, has one. You know, you're going to... Let's hope that at the end of the 23 season, we look back on this and you're like, oh, remember when we lost by 20 in Dallas? Like, yeah, that was a tough one. I do... You, you start letting reality sink in a little bit. Dallas is a good team. They're going to be a good team this year. Maybe the Jets were just overmatched on a short week, the you know long travel, all that. So I'm doing better the the longer that I give it to uh, kind of sink in and let reality really set in for me. Yeah, man, it was tough. I mean, let's, let's be honest. I didn't expect them to win. I think I said that they would cover. They didn't do that either, which sucked. But I think for me, the tough part is it's just like, we were talking all all week and, you know, kind of coming off that Monday night high how this defense is so good and they just laid an absolute egg. I mean, like, I, I couldn't even pinpoint other than Solomon Thomas getting a sack. One thing the defense really did well because I get it, they held them to field goals in certain situations, but they still gave up 30 points. And it's just, it, it was not pretty, man. I, I, I just, like, there's so much blame to go around. The game plan was terrible. I know we'll talk about some adjust, adjustments, but... You know, what was like your biggest takeaway from this game? My biggest takeaway was probably with the quarterback situation that you have now, you have to figure out a way, no matter what, to manufacture touches to your best players. So yeah. when you walk away with Garrett getting two catches, Brees getting four touches, you just know you're not going to win. I don't care if I'm the quarterback or the offensive coordinator. Like <laughs> you have to figure out a way to get those guys the ball, like they're your horses and you're just not going to win games, let, let alone beat one of the better teams in the league uh, on the road with a, with a good defense by getting your, your best playmakers, the ball and game breakers at that, right? Like you need yeah. to get chunk plays. I know Joe and Connor talked about it. Like teams are begging Zach Wilson to go 15 plays, three, four yards a clip. Like, <laughs> yeah. You need those chunk plays. So that was kind of my biggest disappointment. Like they abandoned the run early. They abandoned trying to get Brees the ball. They did. I mean, give them attempts. I think Garrett had eight targets, but only two catches. Like you got that's, to force. That's, that's a bit. It, it still me. is. You got to force feed that guy. You have to. So I think that overall was my biggest disappointment. Yeah, I would say my biggest disappointment probably is Hackett on top of the defense <clears throat> because the defense was a collective failure. Let's be honest, but. How could Hackett like not give Brees Hall the ball? Like you got to throw away the stupid pitch count. He looks good. Like give him a chance. The only way that he's going to get more comfortable is if you give him more game reps, let him get hit, let him get that feel. And he was ready for it in week one. So why are we stepping back away from something that was successful, especially running to the right side, which they never did. I think they maybe did it like twice. And I know that everyone on social media and I know Joe and Connor said this Rucker has to be playing like, I'm sorry. Like I like CJ Uzama. Like I was excited when they signed them, but like he's dead weight at this point from, you know, a, from a blocking perspective, he's not even doing the one thing that he's been known for. Like forget about him in the past game. I don't expect much out of him. That's Conklin's role. It's just, 
you got to play your best players. You got to give your team a chance to win with their deficiency at the quarterback position. And the fact that Rucker, what, what do you put like four snaps on yeah. it? That's unacceptable. And I know Salah said today during his presser that they got to get him on the field more. And you could blame Hackett all you want, but Salah, you're the one who's overseeing everything. And you have to tell him, hey, we need to make sure that, you know, he's on the field and giving our guys a shot because the protection was just brutal, man. Like, yeah. There's just no way. There's no way around it. Like I get it. Dwayne Brown's 38 years old, but McGovern, man, like he was so bad. Like he was. That's one of the worst games I've seen from a Jet center in in years. Like maybe like going back to when Nick Mangold got hurt and Colin Baxter was a center, or was it Spencer Long, the guy Couldn't who played with Darnold? Of, like, yeah. Oh my Couldn't god. Have the ball yeah. It was tough, man. But yeah, I, I, I would say Hackett deserves a lot of blame here. I, I think you're hundred uh, percent right. And on, you know, it just seemed like on both sides of the ball, they didn't have a game plan for Dallas's best players. It seemed like they left Dwayne Brown on an Island to try to block Michael, Mike, uh, Micah Parsons. And they had no plan for CD lamb. It just it felt, it, it seems like they let the simple just get away from them. Like when you talk yep. about Hackett, I a hundred percent agree with you. Just give the ball to Brees Hall run behind the right side, get Miko Hardman some snaps and some touches because he's got game-breaking speed. Like, do the get Ruckert in there for blocking help. He had a monster game against Buffalo, and you're struggling to run the ball. Get the guy on the field. Like, I just don't yeah. – it, it just really seemed like they – they I don't know, they got in their own way and didn't just let the, uh, the simplest answers – you know, they didn't allow the simplest answers to just be there for themselves. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this comment that Slipper Repeat 726 put in. He said, start Briley instead of Cobb. He'll block along with a little start. I got to admit, like, that's something you got to look into. Maybe not even just necessarily him, but Gibson should be playing. Harbin should be playing. Like, the fact that Harbin's played, what, like 10 snaps in two weeks is insane. You're paying the guy, what, $6 million? And I know the joke was how they had a defined role for him. What is it, to yeah. sit on the bench? Like, even if you're not going to give him the ball, he at least gives a threat of speed that, you know, they have to at least keep honest. You could, you could attack and even with a yeah. short pass, but like, it's just truly unbelievable how they just look so inept. And like, I get it. We didn't expect a lot of the offense and I will say, and I want to talk about Zach because, you know, he's the, the biggest, you know, polarizing figure right now because everything kind of rides with him. Like the defense can only go so far, but if you can't score points, it doesn't matter. And I'm curious, like, I know you talked about on first and 10, and, you know, I think we're going to keep doing that every week where Russo will go through a couple things on a solo pod. But how do you feel Zach honestly played? Because I, I have some thoughts, and I, I, I think that we're putting him on a curve and he's being baby. But how do you think he honestly played? <laughs> I agree with you. I think Salah kind of, especially in his in his uh, Monday presser, I thought he treated him with kid gloves a little bit. Definitely. I think you, you saw signs as to why you're encouraged by him. And you saw – let me let me back it up a second. So – I think, and I've said this before, I think they're doing the right thing by letting him take control of this team for the time being. I think that's the yep. right thing to do. You're supporting him. You're building his confidence. You're, you're, you're showing that you have confidence in him and, and that you, the coaching staff, and the team is behind him. I get that. My problem is <clears throat> they don't have anyone that gives you the ability to have a quick hook because the history... Boyle's not it. No, the, the, <laughs> the two-year history that we've seen suggests that at some point it's going to turn and you're probably going to need that hook. So yeah. that's my problem. So in this game, I think you saw things from Zach that make you encouraged, that make you see, okay, maybe he can be the guy. Maybe he can do just enough 
to get us there because this is a good team. Like Aaron Rodgers doesn't say there's maybe six to 12 teams every year that think they win the Super Bowl and we're one of them. He doesn't say that by chance, right? I agree. So if you can get this team just over the hump to 500 or better, then you're good. And we saw signs as to why Zach would be able to do that. But you can't just discount the fourth quarter because you're down 20 and trying to make a comeback. Like, I don't care if you're down 20 or tied. You can't make those throws. You no, can't sprint out right and throw it back across your body left instead of throwing it out and throw a pick. You can't throw that pick to Trevon Diggs. And you certainly can't. You know, the, the Garrett Wilson one wasn't as bad because he just he probably should have bulleted it, right, instead of lofting yeah. it. But still, you can't make that throw. If you make that good throw, that's a 40-yard gain on the sideline. Your team's in the yep. red zone. So it's just yeah. it, – it's, it's, it's it was Zach. It was just, you know, it gives you hope and takes it away. I mean, sorry if I stole your thunder. I get passionate. You no, know, you didn't steal it. I think I don't, he doesn't really give me hope anymore. Like, I kind of just know what he is at this point. Like, he'll occasionally have a nice play or two. I mean, I think the most impressive thing was just how he kept stepping up in that final drive before the half. And I know everyone's been kind of holding their head against that, that maybe he's figured out what to do in certain situations. But at the end of the day, he still went 12 for 27. He had one touchdown. And let's be honest here. I mean, yes, he threw a touchdown. Garrett Wilson did all the work there. It was what, like a 10-yard slant, and he went to the house. So I, I can't, like, you know, say, like, oh, my God, it was amazing. Garrett literally was incredible. And, you know, he actually should have had a second touchdown to him is when they were in the red zone, and he got hit. His arm got hit. Garrett was wide open, and then it almost got picked off because the ball got hit, and I was freaking out. But, like – I don't want to hear about this incomplete pass that everyone gives about to Lazard that initially was called it was incomplete. And it wasn't. Like it doesn't count. Like Great what are we doing? It was incomplete. As as a fan base, we were making fun of the Giant fans who were saying that Jalen Hyland beat you know Sauce Gardner in the final preseason game. I'm like, that's literally the same thing. And like, why are we like crowding him? Like, make a complete pass and do it consistently. Make it like do more than that. Like. I'd rather him just literally execute the offense, do exactly what Dak Prescott did. Dak Prescott did not go deep at all. He literally didn't go after the best corner. He's literally like, he said this all of the game. I'm not going to go after. Why would I go after the best player? He literally was just attacking the middle of the field, short, quick plays. That's the issue. Zach doesn't know how to do a quick game. And that was one of the things that we were so excited about with Rodgers is that you would expect there will be times when maybe the, the offensive line was going to get beat. And he knew that. And he just got the ball out as fast as he could. So for me, it's like Zach is still making the same errors that he was still he was making his first two years. Look, it's one game, and he wasn't nearly as bad in the Buffalo game. And you know we have New England coming down, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But like, I'm not I'm not overly encouraged just because he you know stepped up a couple times and he was learned he learned from some of his mistakes. He still doesn't know how to play quarterback at a competent level. I'm not even asking for above average competent level. It's just it's <laughs> insane. I don't know understand where this positivity is coming from. I know. It's there's no I agree. It's no hook to take. So I there's, get it. Yeah. And and honestly, like I look around the league and you see guys like obviously like Brock Purdy and, and Sam Howell having success and doing it. And I'm just like, why can't we just get that kind of play? Like, that's all I need. It. That's it. Just like don't don't kill us. Just play level, play even, play just mediocre, even, and we're fine. But it's yeah, I don't know. I it's tough. Zach is Zach. I hope that he proves us otherwise. I really do. I mean, we got to, it's a tough here four game stretch to get to the bye. Um, but we'll see. I think <clears throat> no matter what, like we talked about in the opening, you just got to find ways to force feed your playmakers the ball. And if you can do that, if you can find ways to do that, I think Zach and this offense will be okay. It'll be good enough. And, and I do, I'm, you know, 
hopefully, and I really do believe this. I think that the Dallas game for the defense, uh, for the Jets defense, was an outlier. I don't, I don't think that's indicative of what they're going to be for the for the rest of the season. I think that was just um, one of those ones that gets gets away from you. Yeah, I mean, I just think that they were so mm-hmm. lifeless on offense for the most part mm-hmm. that they just it's just one of those games. And think about it, like last year they had that early stinker against Cincinnati on defense, and then. It really never happened again. I mean, any game that they had lost that was a tough loss is usually close, and when the defense yeah. is keeping them in. I mean, look, we have Mac Jones coming to town. It's not Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb. Like, we, I watched that Pats game on Sunday Night Football. If you're able to do what you did to him la- the last two years and you're able to run yeah. the ball effectively, you're going to have success against this Patriots team. But what, do you, what would you say is, like, the biggest adjustment they need to make headed into Patriot Week? Stick to the run game. I think that's yeah. the biggest thing. You, you can't abandon it, abandon it so early. And I get like they got down seven, nothing, but this was still a game at halftime. And if, you know, we can go back to that a little bit, but a couple of different things go the Jets way. And this may be a, a different game. You talk about the sauce pick that should have been, you talk about the Garrett touchdown that should have been, but even in spite of those things, this was still 18 to 10 at halftime and getting eight carries between Dalvin cook and, and Brees Hall. It's just not going to cut it. So that's the biggest thing I think. Belichick's going to do everything possible to get Zach to make a mistake and turn the ball over. And it's Hackett's job to mitigate that and to get the ball in the hands of his playmakers in a safe way. And that's specifically in the run game. So I'd like to see this be the game where maybe Brees gets 20 rushes and maybe Dalvin gets 10 to 12, something like that. I, I think you can't abandon the run so early, just no matter what happens, uh, you know, um for the pat for the pats on defense you have to stick with the run this has to be rex ryan uh ground and pound all day it has to be you have to rely on that it's got to be a boring game plan yes but at the same time uh, my thing is get garrett wilson the ball as much as you can like i get it he had eight targets but at the same time make them easier completions like just zach is clearly developing a report with with garrett and we didn't see that as much last year i mean look two games two touchdowns you have to get him the ball like in any way, what you could even do some of the end around stuff that we've seen before. I know it's a different offense. I don't know if Hackett's necessarily in love with those, but like just figure out ways to get the ball to your playmakers. I agree, Brees needs to be on the field more. I would be absolutely stunned if he actually had 20 carries. I mean, that would be great because that mean like that they feel confident to do it. I mean, get him like 14 well, to 15 at the minimum. He had, he had 11 in the first week and four in the second. So I think that little setback now he's due for a little more a little bigger chunk on in week three yeah i agree but i also just think that they need to figure out a way to make mac jones's life help and they can their front is so good and they need to make sure that they're winning their one-on-one matchups they got absolutely (laughs) cooked by the dallas offensive line this patriot offensive line is not the one you know who had matt light and dan copen and nate solder and all those guys it is a pretty weak offensive line i mean I, I don't even know if Trent Brown's going to play. I know he's coming to the concussion protocol. I, I believe he did practice today. Uh, I know Connor McDermott is not on the team anymore. It's, it's, a pretty weak, it's a pretty weak unit compared to what we've seen. It's not mm-hmm. coached by Dante Skarnecki. You need to win at the line of scrimmage. Just dominate the trenches. I know Dan would be so proud that we're talking about owning the trenches, but like they have to get a rush. You need to get five to six sacks. You need to do exactly what you did to Josh Shallon and Buffalo. And honestly, last year, other than I, – I mean, actually, it was in the New England game that they really held Mac into nothing. He killed them with the quick game in the in the second half um, in the game in MetLife where they kind of came away from them. They have to not allow that to happen. They need to make sure that the middle of the field is not getting crushed. And I know everyone's concerned about Quincy Williams. 
as of now, he's practicing this week, which is a good thing because it seemed like it was a bad injury and they were pretty coy after mm-hmm. after the game. But as far as we know, he's probably going to be playing, even if it's in some sort of limited capacity. But yeah, is there anything else you want to see from this team? <laughs> Get Will McDonald active again. Yes, that was, like, that was ridiculous. We didn't even talk about it at the top. Why is Will McDonald not playing? Like, I get it. They're like heavier, beefier. With what? You did nothing. Nothing yeah. worked. You need to put your best players on the field. I don't care if Solomon Thomas did get that one sack. Bench him. Make sure you have speed and you're winning on the edge. They showed it, no signs of that last week. Yeah. My argument is, like, if if you're going to struggle because your defensive line is so deep, if you're going to struggle to get your 15th overall pick on the field and act, suit it up, forget on the field, but suit it up, why did you take him in the first round? Like, find a way. He's clearly one of your best pass rushers. Find a way to make him active. Carl Lawson, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on there, but right now I don't think he's as good of an edge rusher as, as Will McDonald. I, I think that's that's safe to say. Let's okay. get Will McDonald on the field. Make sure he's active. Let him get out there for whatever it is. Seven to ten snaps. Let him pin his ears back against Mac Jones in this offensive line and just go get the quarterback. I agree. So I want to shift focus that who needs to step up the most for this team. So who would you say is the number one guy that has to step it up? After last week, Paul Hackett. Paul Hackett. Paul Hackett. Paul Hackett. Oh, my God. I keep going that. back. I see my dad and I used to bitch about him left and right, man. Back <laughs> in the, day. the guy had success, too. Like, he brought, he was he had a, a, a playoff offense in, what, three out of the four years yeah. he was there? Three out of five years. Anyway, Nate Hackett, I think, has to step up. I think, again, we we mentioned it. I mentioned it. Um, let the simple kind of just come to the come to the forefront. Um, get Michael Hardman in there, get Garrett Wilson, the ball, get Brees Hall, the ball. Don't overthink it. Like you should, this should be a run heavy game plan. I'm not suggesting they don't throw the ball at all. Um, but if you can get, you know, 20 to 25 runs, um, and manage Zach Wilson, throwing the ball, maybe again, maybe match that, you know, 20 to 25 times, but you're still getting 10 plus targets to Garrett Wilson, which he should. Um, you know, I think that's the, that's the game plan. He's got to show up after last week. I think he needs to step up the most, um, following that just debacle in Dallas. I think it's Lincoln Tomlinson because if he doesn't step it up, he needs to get his ass on the bench. I mean, he has been a huge bust of a signing and I was super excited because coming off a pro bowl year, but like what's happened to this guy, he was really good in San Francisco. It makes no sense to me. And I don't get it. He's literally been a turnstile. I'll give Dwayne Brown the benefit of the doubt. He had no camp. He missed like all of training camp. So I get that. But like, if you're not going to show up, you're going to sit on the bench. I don't care how they have to figure this out. Like maybe it's moving McGovern to guard, putting ABT at tackle, putting Tippmann at center. I don't care. They need to get better up front. And he is the number one guy besides McGovern who should be benched anyway. But I expect more out of Lincoln. I expect nothing out of McGovern. I feel like the only reason he was re-signed is just because they wanted a veteran center for Rodgers. But Rodgers isn't here anymore. So yeah. I think they got to roll the dice and, and shift it. And I don't think it, they are. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It feels like um it feels like Sala and the and the staff is, is almost loyal to a fault, uh, especially to veterans. You can't be. And that, yeah, you really can't because there's no reason to be. I don't think Connor McGovern's not long for this team. Um no. beyond this year, I mean it's gonna be Tippman's job to lose. So why not just progress that and move that along faster? And I think, you know. I wouldn't be opposed at all because I do. I think you're right about Dwayne Brown. And, and I think, listen, no one's going to have a good game against Micah Parsons and he's still kind of easing back in after. Oh my God, still having nightmares. <laughs> a slow summer, right? But yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I think um, either you're playing offensive line Jenga again and you're toying with the idea of moving uh, AVT or Mackay Becton to the left or something like that. Uh, I think probably the, the easiest solution would be you get Tipman in at center and you probably get Schweitzer in at left guard. And I think that may make your line overall better because right now center and left guard are your biggest weaknesses right now on that offensive line. And, you know, truth be told, I mean, listen, we know what Dwayne Brown is. He's been doing it for a long time. Maybe part of his struggle is because the guy playing next to him. And, you know, I, I know Damian Woody says it. You're only as good as the guy next to you. So yep. if, if Lakin really is struggling the way that we see, and I, you know, I trust the guys that watch film obviously more than I do. I'm not that guy. Um, but if he's, if he's struggling the way that we think he is, then maybe you replace him with Schweitzer, you replace McGovern with Tippmann and your offensive line, at least in the run game, I, I think would look a lot better. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. When you look at, like, the advanced metrics, the Jets' run blocking has been bad. I mean, they've mm. actually been, like, upper echelon through two weeks. And it's crazy to think that considering how piss poor they were, you know, from a running perspective in week two. But, yeah, I mean, Schweitzer, I feel like, is going to get on the field as well. I mean, he's kind of like our, you know, Nate Herbig, if you will, this year. Like, he's the kind of guy that you can plug and play. He's not going to be high level, but he at least has a high floor, and you know he's at least competent. But right now, they're not even getting confidence from half these guys. Yeah. It's, it's insane. And, like, I know ABT didn't have his best game. Beckton has been their best offensive lineman. And this is a guy that people thought may not make the team. <laughs> it's crazy to think of what, where he is on the, the totem pole. I mean, I know ABT will be fine. I'm not worried about him. I think, like you said, you're only as good as the guy next to you. And McCoffrey has been terrible. So it's not going to be easy for ABT to just dominate his matchups when the guy next to him is literally getting destroyed. But – I think the line's going to play better. I, I know it wasn't great in week one, but they definitely showed signs of competence. It'll it'll be better. They're going to make adjustments. I, I know that they're going to change this game plan. It's a different opponent. They're not as afraid. I mean, Matt Judon, let's be honest, is a good player. He's not yes. Micah Parsons. I'm no. still having nightmares with Micah Parsons. Like, it felt like he could do whatever he wanted to do the entire game, just wrecking everything. And it was just – it's one of those things where it's like the guy's so good, it's like, you can't even get mad because he does this to everybody. You know, like when you're you're watching like a basketball game and there's a guy who's just making every shot, and no yep. matter how good of defense you play, he, he's just gonna beat you. And that that's yeah. what Parsons felt like. Like he was just yeah. all over the place. So it's like it's hard to get mad because like he's otherworldly. Like he's probably the best player, football player in the NFL. I mean, like best quarterback's Patrick Mahomes, obviously, but he's probably like the second best player that anyone yeah. would want on their team, right? I mean, I'm not yeah. crazy. There's your, I mean, you know, if there's an argument to be made, if there's an argument to be made, it's he's definitely top three. Like, there's no question there. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. But uh we'll move to this game because it is an important game. Everybody knows the history. It hasn't they haven't won a game against New England since December 2015. The Eric Decker walk-off touchdown. I know we've all heard it at nauseum, but what would you say is the biggest X factor for the Patriots? Because 
They're 0-2. This isn't the Patriots of old. Mm. This isn't, you know, um, what's it called? City of Champions, New England. Like, they're not that team. They, I've been very unimpressed with them, and they lost two games at home. But what would you say is their biggest X factor? Uh, yeah, I think it's the guy you just mentioned. I think it's Matt Judon. I think, you know, while he's not in the same um, ilk as a guy like Micah Parsons, he is a very good edge rusher and someone that uh, has caused this Sala led Jets problems before and Zach Wilson specifically. I know he knocked Zach Wilson out, I think, uh, two years mm-hmm. ago in his rookie season. Um, it just, you know, right now, the way the Jets line is playing, that's what scares me the most um, is Matt Judon. I think he's probably their best player on defense and the one that could wreak havoc and really get in Zach Wilson's face to cause a few turnovers. So from my viewpoint uh, on the field, outside of Belichick on the field, um, it's Matt Judon, but I will, I'll say that Bill Belichick still against Zach Wilson scares the life out of me. Like I'll be, I'll be scared forever. Um, Bill Bell, like, listen, you could go on and on about him and, and Tom Brady and who gets the credit. The guy's the best defensive mind this game has ever seen. Um, the things that he can dial up and the, and, and what he can do and what he has done historically to guys like Zach Wilson. Um, it scares the life out of me. So Judon and Belichick and Belichick are the biggest, uh, X factors, um, for me coming into this game. They, they're, they're the ones that could completely wreak havoc and turn this game upside down. Yeah. I'm going to go on the offensive side of the ball. It's based on what I've seen from them because I have watched both their games. It's Hunter Henry. He's been really, really good. Like, He's been by far their best offensive player. I better than Stevenson, who I think is a pretty solid back. But like, if they wanted to beat the Jets, they could pretty much attack the middle of the field with Hunter Henry because we had no answers for CeeDee Lamb. That's clearly the blueprint. I think if they just keep throwing the middle of the field with these like dink and dunk short passes, that's going to be trouble for the Jets. Um, and look, you had Miami, who I think has a good defense on paper, and I know they're still gelling with a new coordinator, but they had trouble with him. You have Philadelphia, who, you know, they were in the Super Bowl last year. They had trouble with him. I need to see Mosley. I need to see whoever's playing safety to help out. I need to see uh, Quincy, if he's playing, or Shorewood, whoever's going to be playing linebacker. They need to contain this guy, because if they don't, they're going to get attacked, and it's going to be a problem for the Jets, and I don't want to see them get attacked in the middle of the field again, because it just felt like death by a thousand like needles, like or whatever. I can't think of the expression cuts. myself. What is that? Cuts. Yeah, death, death by, by a thousand cuts. Excuse me. Yeah. No, you're good. I agree. Yes. And, and historically, I don't think the Jets have ever been able to cover a tight end or a screen pass. So it's it scares you. It definitely does. I think they've actually gotten a little bit better covering screen passes. They can't really <laughs> execute screen passes, but they've gotten better <laughs> covering them, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, I want to shift gears to biggest X factor, the Jets. Who you got? I think it's Brees Hall. I think, okay. um, you know, I don't know if I said that last week. I probably did, but I think it's Brees <laughs> Hall until it isn't, right? No, I, I think, you know, this is a guy that, that uh, now I sound like Collinsworth. Now here's a guy. This is <laughs> this is a guy that uh, didn't play in either game because he tore his ACL against against New England last year, so they haven't faced him. Um, but for me, again, I've been I've been banging the table for this all episode. I think the Jets have to run the ball to win this game, and I think if you're going to do that, then Brees has to be the bell cow and has to get the lion's share of the carries. And <clears throat> he's a guy that we've seen. I mean, every game he's been in, he's had at least one where he's broken it for, you know, 10, mm-hmm. 15, 20 plus yards. So you're yep. going to have to get those chunk plays to beat New England. You're going to have to do that to kind of manage the expectations from Zach Wilson. So it, it's got to be Brees Hall in my eyes. I'm going to go on the defense side of the ball. Q, big Q. He actually played okay, all things considered, the way the defense looked as a, as a whole. 
he needs to be a game wrecker. He needs to be, I mean, I know he's a different position and his role is different, but he needs to be the way Micah Parsons was controlling the line of scrimmage, getting in the backfield, making sure that Stevenson has no space because if they can't run the ball, we're going to get pressure on Mac Jones and it's going to make his life hell. So I think if Q is disruptive, he's, you know, he's getting tackles for losses. He's creating quarterback hurries and pressures. And I, I think that's just a huge key for this team. And I expect him to, but like if he if he's not and they have all day to throw, we're gonna get crushed in the middle of the field. Like I said, that's what they're going to do. So they really need to contain the run and make Mac beat you with his arm. Which if they lose that way, so be it. But like we saw how they they performed in uh, New England. I know it was windy and the weather wasn't great, but like this secondary can hold him, and they need to force turnovers. Like we we talk about this a lot. Like with Sauce dropping the pick, it's just sometimes when you have a play that could make it could literally change the game. Like I'm not saying the Jets would have won, but I think if sauce makes a pick six, it just shifts the momentum and it puts a lot of pressure on Dallas. And who knows? Like it just may have shook the confidence of Dak it's, and he could have been forced to make a mistake. If sauce makes that pick and runs it back, which he's going to, it's 14 to 10 with what a minute or less going into halftime and the Jets. And you're getting the ball. That's yeah, like that makes the difference. I mean, look back, look no further to the game in MetLife last year with the Pats, right? If that pick six stands, it's 17 3 Jets. That game's over. They're not letting New England back into that. No, like, not with that defense. Exactly. Yeah. So that's you need, they need something like that to go their way. So to your point, like you're saying Q has to be a game wrecker. He's the biggest X factor. If Q can get home, if he can generate that pass rush up front in Mac Jones's face and the, Jets, whoever the defensive lineman is, can get pressure on him and get like a strip sack fumble and and we run it in for six. Like that's the game changing type of play that you need. They need something. They need a little bit of luck like that to go in their favor to turn the tide and break this friggin' streak. Cause this is 14 games in a row is insane to me. Like it has it's, to break. It it's has like, to break. It's like Aaron Rodgers versus the Bears, Packers Bears. Like literally yes. it's the same exact it, thing. And and no matter what, like there's just something that always happens that is like misfortune that just ruse the jets and they have to if if, if the jets lose this game uh, twitter jets twitter is going to explode we are going to be it's been like, a long week it's going to and be, have, a, it's going to be to doomsday around here absolute oh. doomsday it's going to be so bad either way it's going to be chaotic if they win it's going to be chaotic oh, if they lose, it's, it's going to be like yeah if they win <laughs> it's going to be euphoria like we finally be, yeah. did it we're going to the super bowl zach is the greatest QB of all time. If we lose, <laughs> uh, no, very no, doom and gloom. No one's gonna fail that way. But <laughs> what they want to say is they better get her off in the passer call. The <clears throat> fact that the NFL told Sala and the team and announced <laughs> it that that was not a call on JFM, they better get a call. They, w- I'm sorry, like I can't. When was the last time the Jets got a roughing the passer call? I couldn't even tell you. And there's been so many times, specifically Mike White at um, against the Bills last year, and which essentially broke his ribs. And then you also had Zach Wilson getting hit in the head against Matt Milano. Same guy, yet we're not getting a damn call. Like They better give the Jets a call. And I know you're like, oh, it's a makeup call. But they're due. It's been far too long, and they don't Two ever years. get the calls. Someone and- said it was November of 21. I can't remember the play, but I saw that. It was November Two of 21. Years? Two years? Two! That's ridiculous. In today's NFL, where they throw flags like every other play, especially for this call, and the Jets haven't gotten one in two years. 
That's like, insane. It, it just goes to show you that there's always this agenda with the refs. It's like you, you only get calls if you're a good player. But like yeah. to me, that's that's ludicrous. If a guy's getting hit in a way he's not supposed to, the way that they're coached not to hit people, mm-hmm. throw the damn flag. They have no problem throwing a flag when the jet it's third and long and Dak Prescott throws the ball away and basically it's Brand Nichols that's called for a freaking pass interference, which wasn't a call. It's a catchable ball. I just it's so frustrating. And I, yeah. I know that like that's football and every team deals with it. But the Jets never get the benefit of the doubt, ever. No. You know the last time I feel like they really got it? Remember when you were able to challenge pass interference review and they beat the Dolphins because they called the yeah. pass interference? That's like the last time that they ever really got a call that they never should have gotten. Last True. time I could think of. Is there anything mm-hmm. else that I'm missing here? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think I think, I think think haters will say the, uh, the no call on the uh, punt return by Gibson. Oh, um, get out of here. That's, I, I'm not saying I would say it. I'm just saying that haters would and some people would. But, yeah, I think uh, I go back to 98 and the Vinny touchdown that wasn't against Seattle. That that changed replay forever right there. (laughs) That's true. Okay. Prediction. What do you you think is happening on Sunday? God. um, One o'clock game. So early. (laughs) I am really – I'm really struggling with this one. Like, I – in my heart of hearts, I I am – I'm not going to lie. I am scared. To death of this game. We're a two-point dog to an 0-2 team at home. I and and I'm like thinking on my history, and and I I've picked the Jets to win both weeks. Like I I was so stupid to pick them to beat Dallas last week. It was really I didn't. I I know you didn't. I was willing it to happen, (laughs) but there's there's a big part of me that that really I'm scared that they will lose. But I just I have to keep my faith, and I I believe too much. I'll tell you. I'm going to go on for a little bit here, but I listened to the interview with Garrett Wilson on, on, on Barton Hahn. And I just, I am so impressed by that guy. Like I am so impressed by him and he, he says all the right things. And there's just, there's such a big part of me that really believes in, in the, the tide turning because of the young guys like that, like him and Brees and sauce. And because Salah is really building something. And I really do believe that that game last week was an outlier for a lot of reasons. I just feel like if not now, it's never going to happen. And for that reason, and me continually staying positive and putting complete blinders on, I'm going to say the Jets win this game 17-14. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about saying the exact score. <laughs> but I there's nothing in my heart of hearts that should make me feel that they're going to win this game. I mean, they haven't won this game since I was like – my first year out of college that's like way too long so i i mean i have no reason to believe it other than like it's their due at this point but they're gonna figure this out i don't know why they're going to figure this out 21 17 jets we force some turnovers they maybe get a defensive touchdown or a return touchdown something to jolt this team i don't think the offense will be overly impressive they're gonna run the ball a lot like Mm -hmm. you said I think that Zach will do his best to protect the ball. I mean, he may throw one that we're going to get pissed about, but it's it's time. Figure yeah. out a way to beat this team. They're not good. They're 0-2. You effectively end their season if you win this game. They have the Cowboys next week. That mm-hmm. means 0-4 is on docket. Knowing them, though, they'll figure out a way to beat the Cowboys because that's <laughs> Belichick. Yeah. But, like, 1-3, like, it's, it's tough yeah. to get out of that hole. I don't know. And I think, really, I mean – this team, New England isn't as good as Buffalo, and they're not as good as Dallas. Outside of Matt Judon, 
and the aura of Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I mean, Gonzalez looks pretty good. I'll they don't. They don't scare me. They really don't. And the Jets, I think, match up pretty well against them on paper. It's just that it's being a Jets fan and knowing this team and this history and how it can turn. But I, I really just feel like the the Jets, as a defense, as an offense, they have to smell blood in the water and be just itching and chomping at the bit to prove that last week wasn't how they really are and that they can win and they can win without Aaron Rodgers and that they are a good football team. And I just, I believe in Salah getting them ready. I believe in the coaching staff being self-reflective enough to make changes. I just think it has to happen. Nothing would please me more than just having like a blowout win. Like, like a, like a Jets Packers last year was kind of close for like the first quarter or two. And then they just kind of oh, blow it wide open in the second half. Like oh my God, I would, please. Would, would there be anything better than like a 27 Nothing. to 10 win where just it's never even like really never even in question. Oh my God. That would make me so happy. Like what about like the bears game last year? 31, oh, 10. Oh that's my it. God. Like yeah. they, they like the that, first quarter and then it's oh, just like Jets just go on cruise control. That would be fantastic. They, listen, just put it away. It's it's just literally like it's time. Like that's the yeah. only reason. Like I there's no reason to believe that they're going to based on their history. If, and it's been yeah. it's but now like you gotta do it. Now. <laughs> if not now, it's never gonna happen. Like they they need to. You oh and like you said, oh and two, you can put the nail in their coffin this week. You have to do at home. You literally could like basically make craft on a fire Belichick at the end of the yes. season by doing this. It. It's like it's yes. such a huge thing. Like it's not like an exact exaggeration right now. Yeah. Do we know what jerseys the Jets are wearing? Do we know what uniform combo they're going So they, they tweeted out a picture that the had the white um, with the black pants. The white with the black pants, but it's not mm-hmm. confirmed. You gotta wait till Woody officially tells us. But I'd imagine that they're not gonna wear green. I mean, everyone knows the greens have done nothing for us. It's all just been bad play for the most it's, part. All whites have done nothing for us, too. <laughs> gotta go back to the t- New York Titans. It's, those jerseys I like. I, know. I, I really like I like the all blacks. That those are my favorites. But well, the black helmet is nice. The black but, helmet's yeah. nice. The all blacks are I mean, outside of the obviously the retro ones that they wore on week one, they're gonna they're wear wearing them next week, though, against Kansas City. I know so those good. are the best. They they just what's, need to make those permanent. And what's the other game that they're wearing? They're wearing them against Kansas City, and I think there's one more game. I thought it was just two. Like, I thought it was just one and four, week one and four. But um I might be wrong. wrong. No, they they when they announced it, they tweeted out. So I'll I'll get back to you on that one. All but uh cool. Any any closing thoughts as we uh, get scared for Sunday? <laughs> no, let's hope uh, by this time next week we're talking about a two and one Jets team that just put put the nail, like I said, put the nail in the Patriots' coffin, and they're sitting at zero and three. That's that's all I really want. I don't care how it's done. I don't care if it's twenty seven to ten. If it's three to two, I don't care if Zach Wilson throws four picks and we win. Just get the freaking W. That's all I care about. Please, literally, you could win three nothing. Yes, I don't doesn't care. matter. Just get the W. Get the just W get, and get the hell out Figure of it out, as get Big the, Cat get, says. The Jets last year, they got a ton of monkeys off their back. They checked a ton of things off the list. Beating New England was like the one that they didn't. Get that one done. Just get it done. Out of the way. Early, week three, done. Yep. Oh, Slippery Pete said the Charger game is actually the next one. They did. Thank you, oh, Slippery Pete. Right. Sli- appreciate you know what? that. My favorite fan. We need to get him he's always the got the He's, he's got, always got the insight. He's good. Slippery Pete's good, man. <laughs> yes Comes in with um, little quips i like it yeah love it so quick reminder make sure if you're not subscribed to the show do it on either apple spotify amazon google podcast turn on the jets live just search it you'll see our logo um also make sure to subscribe to our youtube channel youtube.com slash at badlands toj you'll get our videos you'll get snippets of badlands you'll get snippets of buck the trend the other guys it's really great stuff 
Um, and also, if you haven't become a Badlands subscriber on Patreon, definitely do it. Best content every single day for premium Jet stuff. You got podcasts, you got videos, you have film breakdown. It, it's really the best you're going to get. And we just do appreciate everybody who tunes in every week or listens. It's, it's amazing. And uh, congratulations again to Justin on his Quinn Williams jersey. I know he showed it off to us yesterday. Uh, I'm, I'm nervous, man. But uh, hopefully next time we talk to you guys, we're recapping a really nice Jets win and we're all feeling good. Talk to you guys next week.